You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Today's guest of The Political Periscope is Margareta Sederfeld, President of the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe Parliamentary Assembly and Member of the Swedish Parliament. Political Periscope Recently, there were two OSCE meetings, uh, Parliamentary Assembly and Ministerial Council. What uh, has been achieved and uh, what can you say after those very important meetings? For me, it's obvious. It was two OSCE meetings. It was the autumn meeting for OSCE Parliamentarian Assembly. And then it was followed by, and it was not uh, normally following each other. So it was just a coincidence that there were two meetings after each other. The other meeting was the ministerial council on the governmental side, but it was a very different ministerial council than usual because it was originally blocked by Russia and uh, the police chairpersonship managed to arrange the meeting, but it was without a political statement because uh, the decision process is consensus minus one. But I am very pleased that the Polish chairpersonship managed to hold a meeting on the ministerial side. And for me, what was achieved, it was that the two meetings had in common a huge support for Ukraine and against Russia's illegal aggressive war in Ukraine. And this was, for me, the main topic, the response, what I brought with me from the two meetings. It's that the OSCE, both on parliamentarian side and the governmental side, a majority of the countries stand behind Ukraine. And this is the important message. Of course, uh, Russia and Belarus uh, cannot agree with this. They were present in uh, which they were present on Ministerial Council, uh, but neither Russian nor Belarusian delegation was present in uh, Warsaw on Parliamentary Assembly. Yes, How? that's correct. And uh, I didn't take part in our annual session either that was in uh, Birmingham. And the, the UK delegation took their decision because it's uh, all the members from the Russian delegation as well as from the Belarusian delegation are on the sanction list both in US and in European Union and as well from UK. And they decided to not let those who are on the sanction list into their country. When it comes to uh, Warsaw, was it also the same decision? And our autumn meeting was held in the Polish parliament. And for Poland, it was important to not have any Russian person in or Belarusian person in their parliament. And uh, I think this is nothing that OSCEPA should uh, stand against because uh, I can understand them. If it was my parliament, I'm sure we wouldn't either want Belarusian or Russian in our parliament. They are on the sanction list. And this is important to, to respect because they're aggressive war against Ukraine. I heard some voices during parliamentary assembly that uh, Russia and uh, Belarus should be excluded from the organization or at least suspended. But uh, now there are no such procedures. Are there any plans to maybe introduce them? First of all, there is a 
there is a background, of course, and that is where we had our winter meeting the 24th of February this year. It was the same day as Russia's war started. It was horrible to sit in a meeting room knowing that the war started, that the Ukrainian people were under attack. And we took, just as we have done earlier inside our CPA, we stand very firmly on Ukraine's side. When we hold our annual session in Birmingham, there were a supplementary item. It was a bill, can compare it with a bill from three, it's not national delegations, it's parliamentarians, from parliamentarians from Ukraine, US and Lithuania, where they proposed that OSCE parliamentary assembly should develop mechanisms to sanction a country who become serious aggression, military aggression against another member country. And this was accepted by all participants, all delegation voted in favor of this, and nobody was against. After this, did the committee on the rules of procedure started to work to uh, develop a mechanism for sanction. They did so. Nobody opposed it uh, during this process. There were even those who wanted to make it stronger. And I, and the chair of the committee, we were totally agreed that uh, we need to have a debate before decision. For me, it's important that we as parliamentarians we have a debate. We need to discuss what is our, uh, why do we take certain steps and also stands. And after that, should there be a decision? When I arrived to uh, Warsaw, before that, there were three letters arrived. One letter from Russia, one letter from Belarus, where they insisted that we shouldn't take any decision because they were not allowed to attend. There were also this, a letter from the U.S. delegation saying that uh, they couldn't attend at the meeting, but they were in favor of a decision for sanction. And if they had been there, they would have voted for the suspension mechanism. And uh, earlier there had been during the process also a letter from uh, Lithuania where they really spoke in favor of the sanction mechanism. When I arrived to uh, Warsaw, did the OSCE PA secretariat inform me that uh, the mechanism or how to proceed with the suggestion. It was in our rules of procedure that uh, for adopting a change of the rules of procedure, it need to be consensus in the full organization. All 57 member countries need to agree. Minus one. It's the same format as on the governmental side. And uh, I put forward that I was not really sure on this. I thought it might be that it was those delegations who attended the meeting that there should be consensus minus one. But I did also say, let's see what it looks like among our members. Because if this is not an issue, if there is more countries who are against adopting than in favor of those who attend, then it doesn't matter because then there is not consensus minus one in that format either. So that was what I said. And during the two days, Thursday and Friday, it was obvious for me that there were not a consensus for changing the rules. Those who said they were not in favor of changing the rules, they responded to uh, that, what they said, they are absolutely on Ukraine's side. They stand behind Ukraine. 
So it's not about that. It's that OSCE, the fundament for OSCE is the Helsinki Final Act adapted during the 70s, during the Cold War, where OSCE was founded for as an arena where the two superpowers, US and former Soviet, could meet and have discussions and dialogue, a, for, a forum for dialogue to find a way forward for a, a peaceful solution to not end up in a war. And this also shows by the European security order and the three pillars inside OSCE. First pillar, political and security, it means a political agreement. The second pillar with the economy, climate, education, science. The third pillar is human rights, democracy. And this was something that several delegation raised. Some did also say that if we take this decision, will Russia return back? If they don't, we need to have this forum. It's still relevant to have a dialogue for the European security order inside the OSCE. Otherwise, there is no dialogue because Russia and US need to have an arena just as well as the European countries to meet. And there is no other of these arenas these days as the Council of Europe Parliamentary Assembly, they have uh, excluded Russia. There is uh, the day before our meeting, European Union classified Russia as a state of terrorism. There is several other organizations that doesn't work any longer. And they, what was argued was that we need OSCE in the format. There were others who said that the, the suggestion was uh, poorly developed. It need to be also developed further on because otherwise there is a risk that other countries might be suggesting to be on the sanction list. And then the whole idea with OSCE is uh, dismissed because there is several other countries who also are in a conflict with each other. And if we start to suspend countries who are not on speaking terms with each other, then the whole idea with OSCE will be broken because we should be an arena to promote dialogue and for OCPA parliamentary diplomacy, and by this contribute to peace. And uh, others were also about the mechanism, how to, because there was also some other parts in it, which they wanted to be developed further on. Uh, and there were also countries who said, we need this mechanism. It's we need it as soon as possible. So what I figured out both before and during the standing committee, because that's the format for decision. And the standing committee is that those who had the right to vote is the head of the 57 national delegations who are member of OSCE Parliamentary Assembly. The Bureau have right to attend and to speak, but if they are not the head, they have no right to vote. And the head of delegation can appoint another member of the national delegation to vote if they can't attend by themselves. So this is the format. And uh, we had a debate. All delegations who wanted could have the floor. And everybody who spoke, they said that they stand on Ukraine's side. They want and they respect you, have a respect for Ukraine's territorial or national sovereignty. It was clear, even if they don't, was not in favor of the suspension mechanism. And what I did was that I didn't put the suspension mechanism for decision, because if it would have been defeated, it would have been reacted. It wouldn't have been gone through. And I don't think that would be fair 
in any way, but I sent the suggestion back to the Committee of Rules of Procedure and I will start the work again. I will also appoint a new committee because I think the committee should have new members. It should be more extended it's, uh, so we get more representation in a wider perspective in the committee. And uh, I will not put the up for decision for the winter meeting because we need to have a very serious political process where the committee reflect, where the committee also have a communication with all national delegations to see if there is a mandate, if there will be a mandate for some kind of suspension mechanism. And then I will put the suggestion up for decision later on, most probably for our annual session in this summer. And if it will be voted against, or if I see that it's not even necessary to have a vote because there is so many delegation against, then I don't see that there is a ground for this sanction mechanism. And why I say this is because adopting a supplementary item, it's majority decision. When it comes to change of rules, it's a consensus minus one. And there is only one issue that I really want to dig to the ground to hear is, is it all member countries consensus minus one? Or is it those countries who attend the meeting consensus minus one? Our secretary, yeah, they advised that it's the all number of countries, 57 countries. If that's the case, it will not be a sanction mechanism because there is two countries who are very much against. If it's for the meeting, there need to be anyway changes, quite big changes of the suggestion that was presented. Otherwise, there is no consensus either. But this, I underline again, it's not that OSCE PA doesn't stand behind Ukraine because it was obvious at the meeting. And I think this is important to bring with you. And let me also say that there is a huge difference between Council of Europe and uh, Parliamentary Assembly and, and OSCE EPA. We consist, it's not only our, our rules and our fundament where we were founded once, it's also the member countries. It's 57 countries from Vladivostok to Vancouver. And this differs a lot from European Council, where it's European countries. It's different also in the format for decision. We have not majority decision on this. As Parsaha, we have consensus minus one. When it comes to European Parliament and their vote, which was one day before, they have majority decision. It's first of all, on the Euro countries in European Union, and it's a majority decision. It's not like consensus minus one. So, so it's, uh, it's different when it comes to the fundamental decision, our rules. They have another different, what should I say, ground for decision. But also, if you look on the ground for how, how our organization is founded, it's, and the member countries, it's different a lot. So there is three parameters that differs between uh, the parliamentarian assemblies. But I am very pleased that all members stand behind Ukraine. All members also expressed that there is a will to work firmly for peace, to in respect of Ukraine, and also to work after the war to support Ukraine for its rebuilding and stability. I think this is the important message. 
you said that um, the OSC was created to in the times of cold of the Cold War to prevent the war, the actual war. But we have actual war now in Ukraine. Uh, you you mentioned other countries that have some uh, conflicts, but uh, even even their conflicts they are not as big. They are not a full scale invasions on another country as it is in the case of uh, Russia against Ukraine. Uh, is any dialogue possible? I don't see a dialogue is possible as it looks like now. I don't see it. There is a war, and when it's a war, it's not possible. I could see that. There is a lot of different uh, actors, I say actors, it's presidents, it's uh, parliaments, it's organizations, it's not only OSCEPA who are seek for dialogue. There is no dialogue ongoing and uh, it's war and it's important to support Ukraine. We as a parliamentarian organization, we have no weapon to send, we have no money to send, we have only our power as parliamentarians. And that's what I also always say, that we as parliamentarians, let's use OSCE and our voice to speak out that we support Ukraine, but also use our voice in our national parliament because we have, we have a unique position inside OSCE PA where we get direct information. We are in contact with Ukrainians. We meet the Ukrainians and we can use this to put pressure on our government to send military equipment, humanitarian aid. We can use this also in our parliament when it's debate. We can use it in our constituencies when we are talking with our citizens in our constituencies. So so I think the work we do is very important these days, even if we can't send any weapons, but we can promote for sending both weapons and humanitarian aid. Mm. This year was very difficult for OSCE because because of lack of Russia's uh, agreement, there was no consensus. So no longer observing mission in Ukraine, no budget and no uh, future presidency. Is there even any point in functioning of uh, OSCE at this point? I believe there is. I believe there is. But I must say I am disappointed. OSCE have difficulties with Russia's and we're talking about the, not the parliamentarian, this is on the governmental side. And I see the problem with Russia, as you said, blocking the budget. I have done so before as well. So it's uh, the mechanism with all budget that OSCE is working on. And this is, of course, not good. It means that there is less resources than needed. Uh, Russia have blocked the HDM, the Human Rights Conference with the civil society and the OSCE and the human rights defenders working together. But once again, the Polish chairperson together with Odia managed to arrange a conference, not the full-fledged uh, HDM conference, but still a platform where it was possible to meet and civil society to take part and have a good dialogue on human rights. And I think this is excellent arranged. Russia have blocked and uh, ended the mission, the ice on the on the ground. First, it was the border mission. Then it was the mission inside Donetsk, Luhansk, at the border between uh, there, the ice. But uh, even here, have uh, Poland found a way forward to dis- have a political decision from chairpersonship to put the uh, observer, not observers, but the representative in place in Ukraine. It was the ministerial council uh, even here, did Poland find a way forward? What Russia is more blocking is uh, that uh, 
the chairperson for 2024, uh, where Estonia is the candidate and Russia is blocking this as well. And it's important with the incoming chairpersonship because in OSCE there is a troika. The troika is the former chairperson, the existing, the sitting chairperson and the incoming chair. And if there is no incoming chair, there is not the balance on on the on this and it's make it more difficult to take over as here so this is very serious there need also this spring to be appointment of the secretary general uh and the two high representatives on media freedom and the national ethnic minorities as well as the head of udir and russia have blocked and delayed the, this process earlier and uh, i don't know what i will do this time but i hope that they will contribute to a process. Uh, but for me, it shows that as Russia is blocking, they must see OSCE as an important organization. Why other block it? OSCE is still relevant. Otherwise, they wouldn't block it. I have uh, represented the OSCE PA at several of the permanent council inside OSCE. And uh, I could see that all the ambassadors are there. When it's an important meeting, there is also the ministers. And uh, Russia do also take part here. Uh, they're not so often these days with their ambassador. It's uh, a, a lower-ranked person, but they speak out. And I think as long as they are at the table, there is some kind of connection. Uh, it's not success these days, but there is always a day after a war. When these days comes, I expect that the OSCE once again can start to work as it was taught in the begin beginning. There need to be these kind of platforms also, not only uh, not not say when when they are needed as most, even if they don't operate, that they should be put out. But if Russia didn't attend the meeting, I mean, they attending the meeting, it means that they see them as important. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. And at the Ministerial Council this year, they attended with their ambassador. It means that they send a delegation. They must found a meeting interesting. Otherwise, they wouldn't be. I have a question for you, uh, not as a president of uh, the Parliamentary Assembly of OSC, but as a member of Swedish Parliament uh, now. I think this topic will probably appears on, also on bilateral meetings. Uh, on the side of OSCE, NATO accession of Sweden mm. and Turkey blocking it. What's the current state of events and uh, do you see any hope uh, for ratification? I do, I do. Uh, I know that our government have uh, contact with Turkey. I know that uh, some week ago did also Secretary General in NATO speak out very loudly in favor of Swedish and Finnish membership of uh, NATO and uh, let's let's see let the process continue i am sure that there will be ratification i just hope that it could be the sooner the better it's turkey it's also hungary hungary have uh, for the third time said that they will delay their decision first it was take it should be taken in the autumn then they said that it should be before christmas and now they say after christmas but of course, uh, Sweden and Finland have been neutral countries for a lot of years. But now with a security issue in worldwide, I would say it's important for us to 
be member of NATO. We see that NATO is a democratic organization. It's countries in our neighborhood who are members, like Poland, like Germany, like the Baltics, but also in our Nordic area with Denmark and uh, Norway. And we can't stand alone. We need to cooperate with like-minded countries. And that's what we have applied for. And I hope that we can be accepted as member countries. It's only two countries left for the ratification where we should be members. Last question. Do you think that OSCE failed because it let the war? I won't say that we let the war happen. It's Russia who took the decision. It's Russia who is responsible, totally alone responsible, first for the start initiating the war and now for letting the war goes on. There have been a lot of activities on all different levels to find a diplomatic way to end the war, to find a way forward for peace. It hasn't happened. And uh, we will continue to do what we can as long as we exist. And I hope OSCE continue to exist because I see that we have a role to play. And uh, if I asked you to say what I have done so far, because I think uh, we need also to work as active as we can as an organization, even if it's <laughs> if we don't have any weapon to send. I have appointed a special representative for parliamentary and diplomacy, Vice President Rengel Lopatka from Austria. I have appointed a special representative for uh, Eastern Europe. It includes Belarus, Ukraine and Moldova. It's a member of the German delegation, Dr. Daniela de Rieder. I have appointed a special rapporteur on war crime in Ukraine. It's the head of the UK delegation, Mr. John Wittingdale. This is not related to the war inside Ukraine, but it's more, it's for all OSCE, but I think it's important also for Ukraine. It's a special representative on political prisoner. It's the head of the U.S. delegation, member of the House of Representatives, uh, Steve Cohen. Uh, we have uh, taken, uh, I have also told our, given our secretariat in duty, and it has been accepted by the Parliamentary Assembly to uh, draw a plan for action on Ukraine, what we can do, and it's reversed. Uh, we have called our focused very much on Ukraine during our meetings, our sessions. And every month there have been a, a meeting where the Ukrainian delegation have taken part on the web and uh, invited speakers and all members of OSCE Parliamentary Assembly have been invited to take part in the meeting. And this have been a possibility for delegates of OSCE PA to meet with the Ukrainian delegation and get updated on the situation in Ukraine to be able to use this information in the in their work back home as national parliamentarian. We have also performed a visit to uh, Ukraine in uh, June. I did it together with a, a delegation of three other parliamentarians. We visit Butcher and Ukraine and it's uh, and Kiev of course it uh, shows our solidarity. We have uh, had a meeting, a visit also in Poland, where refugees had arrived to uh, also to make this visible. And we cooperated this with uh, the special representative from uh, the governmental side, uh, Val Ritchie, 
on human trafficking. I have visited uh, Moldova also, where the Ukrainian refugees arrived. I have been, because when I was in Poland, I noticed that uh, the Catholic Church uh, also contributed a lot. I have been in the Vatican and met with the representatives from the Catholic Church to get more informed about what do they do for the refugees. So, so we have done a lot inside OSCE and also let me mention our ad hoc committee on migration who have just been in, in Czech in, in Prague to uh, uh, visit uh, Ukrainian refugees. So I, I see that we are active and doing a lot of activities. It gives also publicity. It gives visibility about what we are doing and the visibility for the situation in Ukraine. And I think this is also an important part to not be quiet, to speak out, to work for publicity and for support, to show that it's human beings who are the victims it's children, it's elderly, it's women, it's men, it's everybody in the society. And we shouldn't be quiet about this because to be quiet, that's the worst thing to be. Then it's to legitimate the war and we should never be quiet on this. We have also as organization taking part and signed the first parliamentarian document on Crimea, the Crimea platform. I am very pleased to have represented the OECEPA there. Unsigned. Uh, I think this is also important steps where we can take and have taken part in the Baltic Council and spoke out about what we do as OECPA and in favor of Ukraine. I have taken part in several other meetings as well, representing OECPA, speaking out about our support for Ukraine. And I see this as very important activities on arenas that can be used to show the support for Ukraine should be used. They are all important. Thank you. Thank you. This was the Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m. 